A reading from the beginning of the book of Ezra. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord inspired King Cyrus of Persia to issue this proclamation throughout his kingdom, both by word of mouth and in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given to me. And he has also charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Therefore, whoever among you belongs to any part of his people, let him go up, and may his God be with him. Let everyone who has survived, in whatever place he may have dwelt, be assisted by the people of that place, with silver, gold, goods, and cattle, together with freewill offerings, for the house of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and Levites, everyone, that is, whom God had inspired to do so, prepared to go up to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors gave them help in every way, with silver, gold, goods, and cattle, and with many precious gifts, besides all their free will offerings. The word of the Lord. The Lord has done marvels for us. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they, they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. Dominus vobiscum. Et 
Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Lucam. Jesus said to the crowd, No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible and nothing secret that will not be made known to come to light. Take care then how you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. Verbum Domini. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Probably be one of the most striking statements of our Lord in the gospel today. Yesterday, the first reading told us that my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And this is a great mystery. We don't have the ability to know the secret thoughts of others and the actions of others, but the Lord does. In other words, live your life in the light, not in shadows. Not ashamed. That's what sin does. Sin brings darkness, brings shame. But we are to live our life in the light, in the light of Christ, with the bright light of grace. Natural light illumines and allows us to see what is dark. When the sun rises, darken Darkness disperses. And the light of Christ, sanctifying grace in our souls, disperses darkness, disperses darkness in our lives. Darkness that even the sun cannot reach. That's why it's always important to stay always in the state of sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace is the light of the soul and really the light of the world that brings light and grace to the world, that illumines the world. Jesus is calling us to be light bearers, to carry our light, to not put our light under a bushel basket for no one to see. And this might be contrasted with sayings in the gospel, even in Matthew's gospel, about going into your inner room closing the door, and praying to your Father in secret. 
How might we understand the reality of the Lord saying us, saying to us to be light bearers, but also at the same time to go into our inner room to shut the door and to let nobody see us? Intentionality means everything. Where is our intentions? Where is our hearts? Not our appearance, because we can appear on the outside to be very good Christians, and hopefully we are. But who are we living for? For God and for God alone, for love of God and love of neighbor. That's first and foremost is love of God. Everything we do, we do for love of God. Even when we get up in the morning, nobody sees us. Well, maybe your spouse does <laughs> if you're married, but nobody sees me. <laughs> we do that out of love of God and love of neighbor. It's our intention and how we get up in the morning, how we live our lives. What is our intention in even starting our day? And even coming to Mass on a day that we aren't required to come to Mass. What is the intention of your heart? To love God and to love neighbor. And we live in a world, you all know this, that is increasingly hostile to the gospel. That wants you to be tight-lipped to not bring your Christianity, to not bring the light of Christ into the areas of your life, in the workplace and in public life. They want you to put a lid on it. That's not the teaching of the gospel. That's not the teaching of Christ. The teaching of Christ is meant to permeate and make free, truly free, the whole world, to set the whole world free, to set the whole world on fire. Everything that is secret will come to light. In other words, the Lord sees all and knows all. The apostle St. John, who stayed by the cross of the Lord Jesus until his darkest hour, wrote in his first letter, now this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Imagine that, no darkness at all in God. He's pure light. If we say we have fellowship with him while we continue to walk in darkness, we lie and do not act in the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from all sin. In the darkest hour of the Lord's crucifixion, the two wooden beams of the cross became the lampstand 
that could not contain the light of the world. The light of the world, Jesus, at his darkest hour, when you think that that was the hour when you thought that darkness, that evil would have its hour, no. The light pierces the darkness. And the light of the world was literally pinned on a tree for the whole world to see. Psalm 36 says, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. These are scripture verses that all of us should memorize. It's very helpful in your prayer life to have the words of sacred scripture, the word of God, memorized. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Only in the light of Jesus do we see light. In the light of Christ, we see light. Even more than the sun illumines the earth, the Son of God illumines minds and hearts. That is when we allow him. When we allow him entrance. And we can choose to extinguish or block the light. The Lord gives us the freedom to choose or to accept, to reject. What might be our choice today in every day of our life? Hopefully it's to accept, dear young people, to accept to be light bearers. Oftentimes, isn't it true that so many young people in the world that live the gospel they are sometimes the most effective evangelizers because of their youth, because of their enthusiasm. Don't let the light be snuffed out, the light that has been given to you. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. That's something to bring to your prayer. When you're in adoration, silence together, when you're in the, even the darkness of your home, in the darkness of your prayer room, maybe light a candle. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. With Christ, the light shines forth from the Christian soul, like a torch, first illumined at baptism. Last Monday, I had the privilege of baptizing one of our employees' twin sons. I'm still meditating upon the, the beautiful reality of the gift of baptism. And it's such a gift. It's a free gift. It's nothing that we earned, 
but God gives the gift and the light of baptism, the grace of baptism, freely. It's unmerited. It's where we become sons and daughters of God, truly sons, truly daughters. Again, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I recently heard a talk that shed some light on this. The author was talking about how most of us would would like our path to be lit up by floodlights. <laughs> most, of, most of us would like the path that we walk to be totally lit up by floodlights and that we see, even ahead of us, the pathway to walk. Well, it's a nice picture, it's a nice image, but that's not reality, is it? Oftentimes, we don't know tomorrow or the next month, or the next year, or even the next hour. But that's not the operation of God. The majority of the time, it's like the Lord places one of those little, tiny flashlights down on our feet. Not even that. And he just gives us enough light to take the next step. That's more like reality. Not seeing the floodlights, not, not seeing where we're even going to go even this evening, but today, right now. The Lord gives us just enough light to take the next step. To live in the light. He doesn't leave us in the darkness. We cause darkness we cause darkness in our lives. There may be, in, in our prayer life and in the Christian life, there, there may be periods of dark night of the soul, but even within those times of dark night of the soul, perhaps, there's still light. There's still closeness to God. St. John of the Cross would even say that in those times where we think and perceive darkness, that God is not close to us, what does he say, St. John of the Cross? God is so close to us, so close to us, that we can't even perceive him. He's more close to us than even our closest neighbor, even our spouse. He's closer to us than we are to ourselves. That's how close God gets to us. The image of putting a vessel over a lamp or a lamp under a, a bed is graphic, and we can all picture what that might look like, putting a container over a, a candle, the container defeats the purpose of the light, the candle, the source of the light. The container becomes the obstacle to the light. And so we too, we can't put, and we should not put obstacles in the way of the light of Christ. We should let his light shine in us and through us. 
And it's very often that it is through the witness of another person that brings the light of the gospel to us and to the world. And it can be said that the salvation of one individual affects the entire world. Think about this in people that you know that have accepted the light of the gospel in their own life. It's a transformation for the entire world. Look at St. Francis and St. Clair. Look at Pope St. John Paul II. Look at the life that the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, what he was exposed to at such a young age in the darkness that Nazism, totalitarianism brought in Poland in that time. And look what he did. He was open to the light of Christ in transforming him. And in transforming him, who are the beneficiaries? We are. Look how the light of the gospel can transform just one soul, and it can have a blazing effect on the world. I might mention, too, at closing, Mother Angelica. What if Mother Angelica never answered her call to religious life? Would I be here? No. Would you be here? No. Just to think that the faith of one individual, one individual has the capacity to light an inferno flame that continues to bear light into the world. May your light shine before others.